Here we go, They're seven seconds. Deep. Berkovici, he's just going to air it out deep downfield, and uh, no white shirts around. Oh, it's it's gone. 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 Gone for a touchdown. It doesn't get any better than What is up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Red Shirt Podcast. We continue with our NFL season previews. We're going division by division. This is our last one in the AFC. Um, We go out west, the AFC West. Uh, For those who are unfamiliar, the AFC West consists of the Las Vegas Raiders, the Denver Broncos, the Los Angeles Chargers, and the Kansas City Chiefs. So um, if you're here and don't know that, I respect and I'm very grateful for you enjoying this as maybe a, a newer enjoyer of football and so for that thank you but to most maybe common knowledge and to most common knowledge of enjoyers of this podcast you already know who my guest is whether you listen to the previous episodes uh in this series or not uh take it away mr uh jackson powers jackson powers welcome back (laughs) thank you um yeah me those of you don't know me and jeremy did just knock out the afc south and i think the AFC West looks to be a lot more fun of a division, probably a little bit more parity here. Yes. Um, a little bit less just routine. So I think I think this could be a fun one. Absolutely. Let's get straight into it. Who do you have in the cellar for the AFC West? In the cellar for the AFC West and the entire AFC for that matter, I have the Las Vegas Raiders. I really do not like the offseason that the team had this year. Uh, moving on from Derek Carr, I think was the right call. Replacing him with Jimmy Garoppolo, I think was not. That was kind of a lateral move that I don't really see the vision there. Like, what is he adding to you that Carr didn't really have? I suppose he's probably going to be a little bit better of a thrower over the middle. But is that really what you're circling your entire offense around? I, I think Carr was just as competent as Garoppolo. And I'm decently low on both for that matter. I really don't think he's going to have any kind of major production, Um, especially behind this kind of offensive line. Colton Miller has not taken the jump that you have wanted him to. And Dylan Parham is old at this point. Andre James, Alex Bars, Jermaine Illudemore. I think that's how you say that. I'm not totally sure, but this is going to be one of the worst offensive lines in the league. Um, There are a few bright spots on this offense, however. Josh Jacobs. When I was watching Derek Carr, I sort of soft launched the take. I think he is probably the second best running back in the league, just behind Nick Chubb. Um, And if you're familiar with the with the red shirt podcast lore, you know that I was very, very low on Josh Jacobs at one point. Uh, I've really come full circle on him. I love his combination of power and vision. Um, And I think he's he's gotten a little bit more bursty, I guess, over the course of his career. Not something you usually see with running backs, but he's really put it together, and I think he is going to be an awesome piece, even behind such a disastrous offensive line and the guy under center. Obviously, Devontae Adams is a monster, one of the few Tier 1 receivers that we have in the league right now. I think Jacoby Myers was a pretty underrated acquisition. I really did like him out of New England. And Hunter Renfro, you know what you're getting out of him, kind of a fifty little slot guy. Um, but overall, I think that the core parts of this offense are really ugly. And I think there's going to be a lot of games where they are just not putting anything on the board. Um, onto the defense. Looking at this defensive line, Max Crosby is awesome, a defensive player of the year candidate last year. And I think he'll replicate that kind of season this year. 
But outside of that, man, it's ugly. Chandler Jones is a fossil at this point. And even though he has some good hands and, and move usage, the athleticism has just completely left him. Jerry Tillery, the failed project out of Los Angeles with the Chargers, he has a little bit of pass rush to him, but man, he is just a painful watch in the running game. And if you're really expecting a ton of snaps out of him, this is going to be a tough, tough defense. Then looking at the linebacker spot, Divine Diablo, Robert Spillane, Luke Masterson, man, like this front seven outside of Max Crosby, like if you took Max Crosby away from this front seven, God forbid some kind of injury or something like that, this has to be up there with one of the worst in the league because my God, this group is ugly. And the secondary really isn't much better. I do like Trayvon Morig. I think he offers a little bit, but Nate Hobbs, Duke Shelley, Marcus Epps, David Long Jr. This group is going to be up there with the Rams in terms of the worst defenses in the league. I really, really hate this roster. Um, they did draft Tyree Wilson, but I don't think he's going to see a ton of snaps over Chandler Jones. He's still very, very raw. Um, he needs to work a ton on hand placement off the getting off the snap quicker. I just, I hate the direction right now that this team is going in. It really feels like they're treading water and I think now that strategy has sort of come back to bite them, and they're starting to sink. I hate the Raiders. I think they're going to be the worst team in the AFC. Um, and, yeah, other than that, I don't really have much positive to say about them besides Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs. So before I get into uh, this, my evaluation of the Raiders, who I also have in last place, um, if this was a podcast with visuals, I'd be putting up the comparative stats between Josh Jacobs and Kenny Drake. Instead, I will just speak them. Uh, the year yeah. was 2021. <laughs> I was told that Kenyon Drake was going to take over for Josh Jacobs. Um, Kenyon Drake, you know, he had a he had a fine season, had 63 carries, 254 yards, two touchdowns that year. Josh Jacobs, you know, nothing. Super incredible, 217, one eight, or 217 carries, uh, 872 yards, nine touchdowns. Uh, you know, you can hear that's, that's not great efficiency, to be fair. Great, that... Not great efficiency, but he, he could catch the ball too, 54 for 348, whatever. Point is, he clearly was good enough to run Kenyon Drake out of town. And then what did he do in 2022? He just casually put up a fantastic season, um, had. 340 carries, led the league with over 1,600 yards, had 12 touchdowns. He was cranking out 97.2 yards per game. Man. Not a bad year. Um, So, you know, was he fantastic in 2021? No. He was okay. Did he get replaced by Kenyon Drake? No. Kenyon Drake. No, no hate to Kenyon Drake, more so just Josh Jacobs with a big F you to Jackson Powers. Um, on to the, the Raiders. The takes, Sorry, my, my takes, my takes pre social media are not canon, by the way. They don't, those don't follow my name. Those, that's not how that works, but <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll continue. Um, I have the Raiders coming in at six and 11. The Jimmy Garoppolo move is so weird to me because, again, I'm with Jackson. I understand possibly moving on from Carr, 
But I think if you're going to do that, you're doing that with a guy, you know, you're going to want a guy, possibly just kind of a, a placeholder veteran, but then you want to do that with a young upside guy. And that's just like the exact opposite of what Jimmy Garoppolo is. We saw it with the Niners. Like he was, he was fine enough to be able to guide them to success, but it wasn't really because of him. It was a solid infrastructure around him uh, in the Shanahan offense with strong weapons. He wasn't really asked to do that much. And I don't really see any sort of upside in Jimmy Garoppolo. I think he can be fine, but I don't think he going from Derek Carr to him when they, they signed him to a, to a decent deal really doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Um, I think the weapons are kind of underrated. Devontae Adams, like you said, he's just a bona fide star. The way he does it, watching him play is beautiful. Um, he'll continue to produce. Uh, Jacoby Myers and Hunter Rimfro, I think both of them are productive receivers. I think it would I'm, they, they could use one more guy that I'd feel better about the receiving core because I think it really falls off from there. Um, running back, Josh Jacobs, already talked about him. He's the man. And then I think I think the offense is a little underrated in terms of those those positions because you look at tight end, uh, I think Michael Meyer is going to be fantastic. I don't know if he'll necessarily have a fantastic statistical season as a rookie, but I feel pretty confident he will develop into one of the better tight ends in the sport. Um, the issue with all of that is just an absolutely hilariously bad offensive line. Uh, like there's you, usually on most teams, you're going to find like, a spot that you can point out. You're like, okay, he's, he's pretty good. I mean, one of five. Sure. I don't really like anyone on this offensive line. I, I don't, I think it is going to be pretty atrocious. One of the worst in the league. And so that's gonna, for all of the positive things I just said, um, it's going to hold back production. And then defense is bad. It is pretty bad. Max Crosby is great. If you could pick one player to represent the whole defense, and that was how the sport worked, uh, I would I'd say that it's fantastic. Max Crosby has developed um, into one of the most productive uh, and impactful pass rushers. Then from there, it really falls off. The interior is bad. Chandler Jones is good for a couple sacks, but I don't think he's, you know, efficient or productive the way that he once was. I'm certain that he's not efficient or productive as he once was. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they use Tyree Wilson, considering you do have Crosby and Jones, who obviously Crosby will be out there all the time, uh, and then Ch Jones, the veteran. I think Tyree Wilson, I wouldn't expect fantastic numbers his rookie year, but if I am Patrick Graham, is their defensive coordinator, I believe. If I'm Patrick Graham, I'm trying to get him snaps, um, especially in a year where they don't necessarily have high expectations playoff-wise. Um, he might struggle, but you got to get him out on the field, see what he can do. Um, we'll see some of his athletic prowess and his ridiculous build have success. We'll also probably see him struggle because he's a raw player, but I think getting him on the field is going to be big. Um, linebackers are pretty gross. Divine Diablo, Robert Spillane. I think this is a roster where there are going to be a lot of guys that aren't as touted, some, you know, late-round undrafted guys that could emerge. So when I, I going back to the defensive line, uh, Nessa Jade Silvera, uh, he was their seventh-round pick. He is a pretty good athlete, and I think when you're looking at the guys in front of him, uh, they also took Byron Young in the third round. Those are guys that I it would make sense if they're starting a couple weeks in, considering there's just not a ton of competition, and yeah. I think you want to see what those young guys can do. Same with it, linebacker. Um, 
there's not as much that I think they could go to, but like I think Darian Butler is someone who got a little bit of playing time last year that could see a little more run. DBs are it, it's not good. Um, I like Trayvon Murray and I like David Long. Maybe not for the reason that you would think. He used to follow me on Instagram, so that's kind of like yeah. I don't think he follows me anymore. Oh, but yeah. that's I mean it's hard to really hate a guy that was an enjoyer of Tigo Jair. Um, and then you know Nate Hobbs, sure. But overall, this is not not a good unit. The defense is quite bad. Uh, I think the offense can be competent. I think it can be somewhat productive in some games. But that offensive line and Jimmy Garoppolo being Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to be able to carry them to overcoming the atrocious defense. So I have them at 6-11. I think, you know, they'll be a thorn in the side for a couple AFC West games, but they're just very clearly below the other teams in this division and most of the teams in the conference. Seems like we're in pretty much agreement in the horribleness of the Las Vegas Raiders. Coming in third place in this AFC West division, I have the Denver Broncos finishing at 6-11. and 11. I would say last season, the Broncos weren't the worst team in the league, but I would say that they were in the worst spot in the league. Everyone who finished below them seemed to have some sort of future that they were looking forward to. The Broncos just went out and sold the, fa- sold the farm for Russell Wilson, and it turned out pretty terribly last year. And I don't think it's going to be that different this year. Um, there were a lot of discrepancies on that offense that were just pretty mindlessly blamed on Nathaniel Hackett, who wasn't a good coach. Don't get me wrong. The firing was absolutely deserved. But there was a lot of times where Russell Wilson would just miss his reads. This is something that I certainly saw as a Seahawks fan in the later end of his tenure in Seattle. He created a lot of problems out of that on that offense. And there was certainly some incredible moments out of him. but. There's there's definitely some negatives that are just going to come with him. He wants to play his own brand of football, and he's sort of immune to what an offensive coordinator is trying to make him do. So tailoring to his style of play is sort of what you're going to have to do if you want to have success with him. He holds the ball for an insanely long amount of time. I think he was third in the league last year behind Watson and Justin Fields, to be exact, in time to throw. Um, but there were plenty of times where he's just missing reads. He's holding onto the ball and he's creating his own sacks. Um, the rest of this offense, I'm also not really in love with. I did love Javante, but coming off an ACL tear, it's a little bit foggy. I do really like Samaj P. Ryan, though. I think that was an underrated pickup. He looked, to me, he looked better than Joe Mixon last year. And I thought there was going to be significant carries that he ended up taking away from him. But I think this is going to be his opportunity with Javante. Uh, potentially missing time with that ACL tear. This receiving core has names, but it's not guys that I really love. Judy, uh, the former Alabama star receiver, um, is a great route runner. I don't think he has much more to his game than that. Really terrible and unreliable hands. I don't think he's quarterback friendly at all. Cortland Sutton I like, but it's been a little bit too I think it's been like three or four years since we've really seen star level production out of him um I think it's it's sort of time to give up on the dream and Tim Patrick was a guy a year ago I would have been telling you he's one of the most underrated wide receivers in the league but he's also coming off an ACL tear uh, a little bit hard to project for him Marvin Mims who they just drafted out of Oklahoma I believe it was I really like him he's a good deep threat and I think he pairs with what Russ wants to do 
Uh, former Saints breakout candidate Marquez Calloway is now listed as the wide receiver six on this team. We'll see if he gets any time, but I really don't love the options that he's throwing to. Greg Dulcich could be a potential breakout candidate at the tight end spot, but you know, I this this looks a lot uglier to me than I think the name value suggests. The offensive line, I actually kind of like. Garrett Bowles has had struggles, and he's had times where he looks like an absolute stud. Uh, I think he comes back to earth a little bit more this year. Ben Powers was one of the signings that I really liked out of them, uh, the former Raven. Um, and him and I share the same last name, so that's pretty awesome. How can he do bad if that's the case? Uh, but in all seriousness, I do think he is going to be a pretty solid left guard for them. Quinn Miners, I loved as a center prospect. He's been moved to the right guard position. Uh, and Mike McGlinchey, I think, was one of the worst free agency signings of the entire offseason, giving him five years. I think it was $15 million a year, somewhere in that range, uh, coming from San Francisco. I don't think he displayed anything uh, in San Fran that earned that kind of money. But um, I think all in all, it's going to be a pretty solid group. Moving on to the defense. Uh, the front seven scares me a little bit. DJ Jones, I think is actually very underrated. I was watching some Broncos tape the other day, uh, for new Seahawk Draymond Jones. I was looking to get hold of some tape from him. Um, and for a couple possessions, I was accidentally watching DJ Jones because they have the exact same last name and I didn't know uh, that they were on the same team. So I just assumed he was Draymond Jones and I loved what I saw. He's a great run defender. He has a lot of explosiveness, especially for someone who's playing a lot of one technique um i think he's actually a very underrated cog in the machine here they went out and grabbed zach allen who i don't really love i think he's kind of old and washed at this point from arizona frank clark i feel somewhat the same about but i do think that there will be some pressure coming from his way randy gregory um yet again another sort of washed piece piece to this team i'm um, looking at the inside linebacker spot alex singleton former eagles breakout candidate um, hasn't really developed the way that we've liked to see it. Um, that's not necessarily a spot that I'm in love with. Him and Josie Jewell don't really move me. Uh, but the secondary should be pretty sweet. Pat Sertan, obviously one of the best cornerbacks in the league. Same thing goes for Justin Simmons in terms of the safety position. Kareem Jackson can certainly hold his own. The rest of the cornerbacks scare me a little bit. Kwan Williams, Damari Mathis, Riley Moss coming out of Iowa. I think that cornerback, too, is certainly a hole, but this isn't going to be a bad defense. I just don't see the path to it being a great one. Um, but all in all, I think that there is going to be a lot of similar offensive struggles to last year. The defense should be able to tread water, but, you know, you got to put points on the board to win last year and we certainly to win this year. We certainly saw that out of last year's Broncos team. Um, and I don't think this year is going to be too much different, even with Sean Payton now at the helm. I also have the Broncos coming in at third. I have them at a record of eight and nine. I think everything that could have gone wrong last year went wrong. Um, and I, I would be very impressed if they found a way to be even worse than last year. Not even necessarily record-wise. It's just everything about the Broncos was awful last year. They were the, they were the true laughingstock. Um, look at the roster. Offense, I mean, a lot of it comes from Russell Wilson. It's a matter of him improving, and I think, I don't know, I, I have a, I definitely have a hard time seeing him return to the form that he had in his glory days in Seattle or the, you know, adequate to the contract he has. Um, But you could sell me on a little bit of a bounce back playing better than last year. I don't, you know, I, I think that's reasonable. I'm with you on the receivers. I think it's to the point where we love, the last couple of years have been like, okay, 
solid guys, upside, upside. But it's at the point where I think they're past the point of really going and taking that next step. Cortland Sutton's fine. Tim Patrick coming off the ACL tear. Um, Jerry Judy, it feels like, I don't know, it's just he, he has all of it except the hands, and it's just at the point where it's tough to see that just magically improve. Um, but all of those guys are solid. Drafting Marvin Mims, who honestly fits that build because he had some moments of flashes at Oklahoma. I'm not certain that he's going to be successful, but he has, you know, definitely has that possibility. It's just there. It's kind of capped there. It's a fine unit, but it's not, it's not necessarily a high upside unit. It's more of, it's more of like a high floor in my opinion. Um, Then you go at running back Javante Williams. I, I really hope that he is able to get healthy, find his form. I mean, him and Brees Hall when they were healthy, so fun to watch too. Two very bright young running backs. And I, that's not to say I expect Javante Williams I, to to come back out of the gate looking like what he was last year. But I think that's going to make a big difference if he's healthy and going quick. Um, weird, weird thing. I really like the tight ends on the Broncos. Obviously, Greg Dolchich is going to get a lot of the press. But I like Albert Bunam and I like Adam Trotman. Um, Trotman was kind of a guy that had some hype as he was coming out of a not great tight end class, um, but he kind of failed to meet expectations or carve a role in New Orleans. But I don't know. I, I don't even know if I can really explain it or give any sort of great rationale to it. I just think that he's a guy who can benefit from this change of scenery and come on, not necessarily as a, as an incredible contributor, but a guy that produces more than you would think. Um, the line, Garrett Bowles is just a crazy back and forth. I would generally bet against him. Um, obviously, a guard, Ben, don't call me Jackson or George Powers. I thought that was a solid pickup. Um, Quinn Miners, guy that I like. McGlinchey, I agree with you. I don't think he was probably worth the contract he got, but I don't I don't think that that means that he'll be a bad player for them necessarily. Again, again, maybe not great value, but I think line should be fine. Defense, um, the line really doesn't do much for me. Um, obviously, a guy like DJ Jones, I don't have as much insight into it as you probably do, um, so I'm not going to try to speak to that. But there's just really nothing that stands out. Um, and then you get to the linebackers. Um, Josie Jewell, uh, Alex Singleton are the listed starters out of the gate. But Drew Sanders, if he's not starting game one, he'll probably start game two. He is fantastic. He is a strong athlete, has the instincts, had, you know, played at Alabama, played at Arkansas, and at both places against any level of competition. He looked the part. Um, I think that he is going to be very good. He was drafted in the third round, but he, I think he will compete with the likes of first rounders in terms of production. I think he's going to burst onto the scene. Um, the DBs, Patrick Sertan has a pretty strong argument to be the best corner in the league. Um, he's just so incredibly locked down. Um, Justin Simmons is a guy, you know, who's had, had some hype has, has found some success throughout his career. Um, the one guy, well, I guess there are actually two guys in uh in the DB room that I'm interested to see, both rookies. Um, third round pick Riley Moss. 
um, out of Iowa. We'll see if he is able to crack any sort of playing time. Very successful at Iowa, but it'll be interesting. Obviously not well regarded in terms of his game translating to the NFL. Um, and then Jackson Powers legend J.L. Skinner at safety. Um, he is a hard-hitting kind of game wrecker guy. Um, it just remains to be seen how much run he'll get here and how that will translate to the NFL um, in terms of that kind of, you know, I think it might be a little raw, take some time to really be able to find that sort of production, um, not at the great Boise State University. Um, so with all that being said, I have the Broncos at eight and nine, I think. It's a decent roster. I just don't think it's it's playoff roster. I think they'll they'll be able to win some games, but I don't I, I think the upside is very capped. I hate that I forgot to mention JL Skinner. Um yeah, he I, I hope he sees some playing time alongside Justin Simmons because that's probably what would match the best with Simmons up top and Skinner is more of a box guy. Um but yeah, he's he's an awesome run defender, and I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a little bit of run out there. Um, coming in at third in the AFC West, I have got the Los Angeles Chargers finishing with a nine and eight season. Um, I am very very pro Justin Herbert, probably more than probably anyone else. I think he is the second best quarterback in the league behind Mahomes, which is a take that would get me crucified in a lot of different communities. Um, but I absolutely love Herbert. I don't love what's around him right now. Austin Eckler is obviously a fantasy football player's wet dream, but I'm not as moved by his ability to actually be a between the tackles back and really be able to, you know, take on a big carry workload, a running based workload. Um, and I think we saw that in the playoff game versus the Jaguars that the Chargers ended up choking. Um, Eckler, you know, they, the Chargers were up big coming out of half. They did not feel that they had the guys to salt the game away with the running game. And I think Eckler kind of attests to that. He's someone who's good uh, receiving the ball. He's good in open space, but you you don't really want to give him any kind of inside zones type of carry. Um, I also am not in love with this receiving core. Keenan Allen has clearly lost a step. I really think he's going to underperform this year. The athleticism has really gone out of him. And he's never been someone that thrives off athleticism. He's a very technically sound route runner and awesome possession receiver. Um, but at this point, it's just, it's too much. Where there's there's a threshold where you've got to have a certain level of speed and contact balance. And he's he's past that, I think. I think that's really going to show this year. Mike Williams, I think is, I, I view him in a very similar light as to how I view George Pickens as a really good deep threat contested get catch guy. If you're throwing a one-on-one -on -one up to him, He's going to be one of the best guys in the league to go up and pluck that out of the air. Um, but I don't really trust his route running on anything more acute than a post route. I don't love him working over the middle of the field. I kind of like him as a outside the sticks go ball kind of guy. And I think that is with that limited of a role as your wide receiver too, that really worries me. Quentin Johnson, who they just got, I think, right now could be the solution but it's it's certainly not going to happen year one he needs to work on some of his technique as a route runner i think he could be kind of a weird big gadget guy like a power slot type of role um he is a very aggressive yak runner good with the ball in his hands i just don't think you're quite ready to see him take on a huge role 
Um, and maybe that changes in the next two to three seasons, but I wouldn't expect a ton of production out of him just yet. Um, looking at the tight end room, Gerald Everett and Donald Parham Jr. are both very good yak players and good players in the receiving game, but Everett obviously has his fair share of mental errors and blunders that seem to happen every single game with him, and neither of them are very good blockers. Um, I really, really like this offensive line. I think this is going to be one of the best offensive lines in the league. Rashawn Slater coming back fully healthy. Year two, Zion Johnson. Corey Lindsley is one of the best centers in the league. Jamari Sawyer mostly saw time at the tackle spot last year when Slater was uh, when Slater was injured. I think the guard is a little bit better of a fit for him. He's a lot bigger and stronger of a player than Slater. And I didn't really trust him to kind of protect that outside shoulder like you see a lot of edge rushers attack. Um, but I think the guard spot is going to be awesome for him. I think he's in for a really big year, too. And Trey Pipkins last year started to show a little bit of development. I think if that trend continues at the right tackle spot, then this is going to be one of the best offensive lines in the league. We're talking top five, potentially top three. Looking at the defense, um, obviously, you've got Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack on the edges. Neither of them are really known for staying healthy. I do like rookie Tuli Tupelodu, who they drafted out of USC. I think he's an awesome pass rusher. Um, and if he gets time, I think he should contribute as a rookie. I don't love the interior. The Chargers are kind of known for having a bad run defense. I don't think that's going to be any different this year. Morgan Fox, Austin Johnson, Sebastian Joseph Day, Scott Matlock, another Boise State legend. Um, and then looking at the linebacker spot, you've got Eric Hendricks and Kenneth Murray Jr. I really do not like that group. I would not be surprised if Washington State alum Dayon Henley ends up taking that role as a rookie. Uh, he was my linebacker one out of this class. I think he is awesome off the ball, and he is pretty small as a linebacker. But I think he can. I think he can take on contact um, and sort of punch above his weight. Um, and I, I especially Eric Kendrick, who I think is really washed at this point. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up taking a starting job midway through the season. Um, and looking at the secondary, J.C. Jackson. I'm not totally sure when he's going to be back coming off the injury from last year. Uh, but when he was healthy, he looked very disappointing. I don't think there's any reason to expect anything different this year. But I am a big fan of Asante Samuel Jr. I think that we're in for a big year out of him. I know I've been projecting it the last couple of years. I, I'm That's not going to stop me. I think Asante Samuel can become one of the better cornerbacks in the entire league. Derwin James, obviously an incredible, incredible safety. Um, and then Michael Davis is another guy I wanted to talk about. He's a potential breakout candidate. I've sort of seen the vision with him a little bit. Um, I think this defense is going to be good against the pass and very, very bad against the run. And I think this offense is going to be kind of limited like they were last year. We'll see how Kellen Moore sort of shakes things up now that he's the OC in town rather than Dallas. If he can make this group a little bit more explosive, then we could be talking about a potential playoff team here. Um, but as it stands, I'm not currently in love with what the Chargers have to offer right now. I uh, I have the Chargers in second with a record of 10 and 7. Um, obviously, I'm not a fan of this franchise as a whole um, to begin with, but I can give you know credit where credit is due. Justin Herbert is fantastic. Um, I wouldn't say I'm close to as much as you love him, mainly just because I've never seen someone love anyone as much as you love Justin Herbert. Um, but he's fantastic. He's one of the better quarterbacks in the league. He'll continue to do that. Um, I really agree with everything you said about uh, the weapons. Austin Eckler is good at what he does. 
but what he he really isn't a strong traditional running back. Like you get him outside the numbers, he can make plays. Um, you're able to use him in the passing game, especially with some of those screens, uh, short looks. He's productive and obviously fantasy football legend with that. But um, you're right. They, the way that they've kind of filled out this running back room with Eckler at the lead, they're not they're not built to salt away games with the run. Obviously, there are a couple guys um, behind there that could maybe fit that mold more, like an Isaiah Spiller, uh, Joshua Kelly, but I don't think those guys are good enough to actually take significant playing time away. Um, receivers are weird. I'm, you, you know, you were, I, I'll give you, you know, a hard time for the things that you're wrong on. You were very early on the Keenan Allen regression, so I'll give you that. Um, and I, I don't really see the major bounce back um, with him. Mike Williams, another guy, he's good at what he does, but that means there are going to be some games where him and Herbert are going to have a fantastic connection. He's going to go for 100 yards and two touchdowns, but sometimes the game script and the way that it ends up playing, he's going to be kind of kind of obsolete because he's he's largely a one-trick pony Quentin Johnston I was I was a big fan of his he's one of my favorite receivers out here probably receiver two behind Jackson Smith and Jigba um it's kind of an interesting fit he's I mean he's kind of that new age has size has speed um hands you know are going to be an important part to see how he progresses I really I really thought they'd go with a guy like Zay Flowers to stretch it out but I like Quentin Johnston I think he'll be productive Tight ends really don't don't do anything for me. Everett and Parham, they're fine. I just wouldn't. There, there's not much to say there. The line you start le- going left to center, it's very good. Rashawn Slater, assuming he comes back, um, and continues what he was doing before his injury. Zion Johnson going into uh another year. Corey Lindsley, uh, the right side I don't love as much. Uh, it'll be interesting seeing uh Sawyer play. Inside, obviously, like you said, he mainly played tackle. I'm not a huge Trey Pipkins guy, but either way, it's a it's a pretty solid unit. Uh good enough to take care of Herbert. Um, not gonna be a liability. The defense, um it's interesting. So obviously the big name you're looking at the front, um, Khalil Mack um on one end, and then Joey Bosa on the other end. That is that is very scary. Um, no doubt about it. Khalil Mack might not be the player that he once was, but that is a fantastic pass rushing duo. Um, on the inside, I'm not, I don't really love what they have going on at, at defensive tackle um, or at end. I don't, there, there's really nothing that stands out to me a ton. Uh, you mentioned Tuli Tuli Peloto. It'll be interesting to see how they deploy him. Um, see if he can get some playing time, if they move him around a little bit, because obviously um, with Bosa and Khalil Mack on the end, those are guys that, you know, are gonna, gonna play just about every rep. Linebackers, it's, you know, it's not bad, but nothing I'd, I'd really write home about. Uh, Kenneth Murray, the former first round pick, trying to kind of find that level of consistency. Uh, Eric Kendricks brought over from Minnesota, um, obviously towards the later stages of career. Um, Dion Henley from Washington state. He was, I believe the third round pick. Um, he definitely could get some run, um, as the year goes on DBs. I'm, I'm in a weird spot because Derwin James is fantastic, but JC Jackson has just been very disappointing in his tenure. And then mixed with injury, I have a hard time really buying into him early on. Um, from there, 
Um, Asante Samuel, I know, has some hype. I'm not sure if I really believe in him emerging quite, you know, to the level of being a top cornerback, um, which is kind of the way this is this team is set up. I don't think J.C. Jackson's going to be that, so there's kind of a lot of pressure on him there. Um, also, not really related to his play, I'm kind of out on the Samuel family because uh, Asante Sr. has been bullying Sauce Gardner on Twitter the last couple of days, so, um, you know, it's not Junior's fault, but that's, he's just kind of caught in the crossfire. Um, anyways, from there, the, the DBs just don't excite me. Overall, this is a very, very similar to how the charges have been is the offense is looking pretty good. The defense, I think is getting closer to serviceable They're They're going to be all right. Just not regarded as one of the best units. Um, that's why I have them at 10 and seven sneaking into the playoffs. Um, and a lot of that just has to do with Justin Herbert. All right. Well. I think you probably could have guessed who Jeremy and I had winning this division uh, before you even clicked on the episode. And it is the Kansas City Chiefs. I have them going 13 and four uh, atop this division. I think as I can double check this right now. I have them as a four seed right now in the AFC. Um, it's the same offense as last year. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league and someone that I think will retire as the greatest football player of all time. Isaiah Pacheco, I think, could probably be in for a little bit bigger of a role. He really started to shine as the season went on, and he was someone that I was sort of hoping he would get a bigger increase of carries early on. It ended up happening. I I think that with how little the Chiefs run the ball, it's going to be somewhat minuscule, but I do really like Pacheco as a player. This receiving core, once again, same as last year, doesn't really move me. Marcus Valdez-Scantling. I do like Kadarius Toney, uh, but I think he, his role is pretty limited. Sky Moore. Rasheed Rice, I hated. I did not like that pick coming out of the second round. I think he's going to get run out of town pretty quick. Um, the vibe I get is the Chiefs are still a little bit desperate for that deep threat that they had in Tyreek Hill. They don't really have that anymore. Rasheed Rice, I think, projects to be sort of like a ball winner, but I don't see it out of him, really. Uh, but it doesn't matter because we've seen as long as Mahomes and Kelsey are connecting, this offense is going to have the gears churning. Uh, this offensive line is really, really good. I don't love Donovan Donovan Smith. Um, he did not do wonderful in Tampa Bay. But one thing I do think needs to be noted is pass protecting for Mahomes is going to be a lot easier than pass protecting for Brady because there's just a lot less. There's a lot more margin for error. Because, you know, if you miss a block and a defender gets to Tom Brady, he's almost certainly going down. If you do the exact same thing, defender gets to Mahomes, there's a lot more escapability. I think that on in terms of an offensive tackle stat sheet, I would almost guarantee it looks better over here in Kansas City. Uh, but everything else, I, I'm a big fan of. Joe Tooney and Trey Smith is one of the best guard duos in the league. Freed Humphrey, obviously an incredible center. Jawan Taylor, who they just signed out of Jacksonville, looks to be playing the right tackle position, uh, which I think is a little bit more natural to him. I really like him. I think he's going to perform year one. Um, and then on to the defense, you obviously lost Frank Clark, but I'm not too worried about that. He is a little bit old at this point, and there seem to be a bunch of off-the-field issues with him. Uh, but Chris Jones, to me, is, dare I say, the best defensive player in the league. I think he is an absolute monster. Derek Nottie on the inside is a good plugging those tackle. I really like Keandre Coburn, who they drafted this year out of the University of Texas. 
George Karlaftis was one of my favorite first round picks last year. Um, he's not super fast or super bendy, but those arms are insanely long. And I think his bull rush and his speed to power, um, if he takes a jump this year, those are going to be his bread and butter right there. Um, and he should have a, a pretty easy time getting to the quarterback. Charles Omenihu, they just signed from San Francisco. I really like, and I do think their first rounder this year, Felix Enudike Uzama, is going to get some significant snaps, but I'm not projecting a ton out of him. Looking at the linebackers, Nick Bolton and Willie Gay is one of the best run-stuffing duos in the league. Um, and I also really love Leo Chanel, who they drafted last year out of Wisconsin. Drew Tranquil is obviously a nice piece. And then the secondary is a little bit interesting. You had a lot of rookie performance from them last year. Um, Trent McDuffie and Jalen Watson both saw pretty significant time. Getting them in year two looks to be really promising. And Legereus Sneed is definitely a solid cornerback. I like Justin Reed. I don't love him. And I'm not too in on Brian Cook right now. Um, but like I've said plenty of times, uh, I am not a big analytical believer in the safety position. Um, they clearly look like they've got the cornerback spots locked down. Um, and I am willing to live with a, a little bit of a hole in that defense. Um, you're you're not going to see a bad team led by Patrick Mahomes and this defense. I don't think it's going to be world beating, um, but it can certainly hold its own. Uh, and I think that is a recipe for a division winner, especially compared to these teams right here. So, yeah, I, I really like the Chiefs this year. It's hard not to like the Chiefs, like you said. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, what's not to like? I have the Chiefs at 14-3, and three, uh, the number one seed in the AFC. I think they will once again represent uh, the conference in the Super Bowl. They're just so good. I mean, there's a lot you can say about Patrick Mahomes. I'll keep it short. He's the best in the league. He's doing stuff that we really haven't seen. I agree. I think, you know, the way that he's trending, if he stays healthy, I see no reason for him to have any drop off anytime soon and I think he will have a very strong case um for greatest of all time he's the most impressive that I've ever seen um running back I like Isaiah Pacheco and I will say I was an Isaiah Pacheco guy before most where I liked him in college I liked him at Rutgers um I think Isaiah Pacheco is going to get a little more workload but I think he's going to be slightly disappointing not in terms of him not in terms of efficiency or like value he provides I just think it's sometimes lost, like when you're looking at a potential breakout guy. Um, on this offense, they are going to pass heavy. And even when he's having success, they do have several other backs that are going to play. Um, that doesn't mean, like, I think he'll be the guy that gets the most run. But, like, Jarek McKinnon's going to get some snaps. Um, and I, I, I think Pacheco's going to be good. It's just, I don't think there's, like, a, a huge breakout to be had just because of the way that this offense is built. The receivers are solid, if unspectacular. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, obviously big big body that can stretch the field. Sky Moore going into year number two, um, see if he can do something. I really like Kadarius Tony. I think that someone's going to have to step up there, and I don't think it means Tony is going to be one of the best receivers in the league, but I think he is going to have a more consistent role um, have that sort of rapport with Patrick Mahomes where he'll emerge as the best receiver on this team um, and have, assuming he stays healthy, I think he's going to look like a guy where you're like, okay, I can see why he was taken in the first round. Um, and I mean, the offense, if you're starting with Patrick Mahomes, you could probably finish it with Travis Kelsey, although I'll talk about the offensive line after. 
Uh, Travis Kelsey is just a freak of nature. He continues to do it over and over again. Um, he is one of the best playmakers in the league. When you're when you're thinking of best pass catchers, obviously your minds go to some of the the big name receivers. You're thinking Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams, Jamar Chase. This isn't any sort of ranking. This is just off the head. Um, and then Travis Kelsey deserves to be in those discussions. He is fantastic. He, you know, he he gets knocked down for not being the sort of blocker that you want from a tight end, but I really don't care. He is just so fantastic and such a key piece uh, for Patrick Mahomes this offense. The line's great. The interior, uh, Joe Tooney, Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, that's awesome. Um, and I think, like you were saying about Smith and also could be applicable with Taylor, um, you don't need to be, you know, fantastic at tackle for them, for Mahomes to be able to succeed. So I'm not worried about that. Defense, um, Chris Jones, like you said, I don't know if I'd go as far to say as he's the best defender in the sport, but he has such a huge impact inside. Um, Derek Nottie is a pretty nice complimentary piece. Um, without Frank Clark anymore, there's a little less certainty um, in terms of pass rushing on the outside half, but I don't think Frank Clark is necessarily going to be missed a ton. I think they were fine with cutting that. Um, you have some intriguing young guys. Uh, Karloft is going into season number two. Felix Anadike Uzama, um, like you mentioned, signed uh, Charles Amenahu. It's, you know, I think that's a group where they're going to be fine. I don't think it's going to be fantastic, but it's perfectly adequate. I love the linebackers, Willie Gay and Nick Bolton. Uh, you mentioned uh, 2022 draftee Leo Chanel, uh, former Wisconsin Badger. He's not going to pop off the page with any sort of fantastic athleticism, but he's a very technically sound player that if you have him, you know, slotted in as a linebacker three, kind of a, a more, you know, classic role player, I think that's a very good position to be. DBs, Legarius needs a guy that's, you know, really rose to, you know, notoriety. Trent McDuffie was an instant impact player um, out of Washington last year. They're one of their two first-round picks along with Karloftis. Um, Jalen Watson was drafted late in 2022, and, you know, draft position be damned he had got a ton of run early on found some success Justin Reed I think is a good addition I don't think he's you know in terms of the value of safeties and what he is I think it's a good addition but not necessarily super huge to the overall idea of what the team's gonna be so I think the way I see it is this offense is incredible with Mahomes Kelsey strong offensive line some high upside guys around there and the defense, like, I think you go back a couple of years and it's like the defense is bad. They have, you know, the offense has to score, you know, 30s and 40s to win. The defense, it's not one of the best in the league, but I think it's very respectable. I don't think they're a unit that's going to get exposed a ton. I think they are perfectly adequate. And so I I see no reason the Chiefs won't continue to be very successful. 14-3, and three, and and again, I think they will represent the AFC in the Super Bowl, which I, I think is far from a bold prediction. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. And it is superlatives time. Superlatives time. Jackson Powers, tell me, who's the most right. player in the AFC West? Well, I'm not going to explain this one too much because I don't think it warrants too much explanation. And I have to imagine that Jeremy's is the same as mine. But my MVP is Patrick Mahomes. You're not you know, I thought there was an outside I, – I assumed you'd go Mahomes, so I thought there was an outside chance you'd stick up for your guy, Herbert. It was possible. Yeah, 
And and I was thinking about it, but I I figured with how low I am on the Chargers this year, it it's kind of hard to to defend that if I have the Chiefs winning four more games than the Chargers this year. But you know, there was there was a part of me that wanted to soft launch it. Yeah, I mean Patrick Mahomes is always a good answer if you're talking about something positive football related. He's my MVP as well. Oh yeah. All right, my rookie of the year. I I had it between two guys. Um. My my rookie of the year is Dayon Henley, and I had it between him and Marvin Mims, who I both think could carve themselves out a little bit of a role this year. When I, what I ended up basing it on was I think Henley is a little bit more likely to cut time out of the core in front of him in Kenneth Murray, Eric Kendricks, et cetera, than Mims is too with Judy, Sutton, Patrick, Hamler, like there, there's just enough depth with that Broncos receiving court where I think it's going to be harder for Mims to find time than it is for Henley. Um, and I think Henley isn't going to have a major, major role. He's probably going to be nothing more than a coverage guy at the NFL level, but I think he's going to do it at a very high level very quickly. Um, and I really want to see him get tested in the running game because obviously he is one of the smallest linebackers in the league right now. Um, but he, he showed that ability in college to sort of take on contact in a really nuanced and smart way. And I'm wondering how much that's going to translate. So at a minimum, I think he can be great in coverage. I want to see how he is in the running game, but I I think he's going to carve himself out enough of a role that I'm willing to give him my rookie of the year in this division. So I also, I have a linebacker, but it's not that you could, I maybe tipped it with how much I gushed over him. Uh, it is Drew Sanders. I think Drew Sanders is just a fantastic football player. Similarly, I don't think that the competition ahead of him is that stiff. I think he will start pretty quick. Um, and he's just a very well-rounded player. Um, you know, I I don't think he's necessarily going to be the flashiest of players, but I think he is going to early on establish himself as a consistent linebacker, um, that we'll talk about in high regard, um, I don't. I mean, I already kind of talked a lot about how much I loved him before. I think Drew Sanders is going to be awesome. Yeah. All right. My most improved player is Isaiah Pacheco. Um, I wanted to go another year of Asante Samuel here at this spot, but um, I'm settling for Pacheco right now. I think that he has. I think that he has potential to be a really, really good running back in this league. My only issue is how little the Chiefs are running the ball. And I think if Mahomes is going to continue to see cover two, that's going to open it up for him. Having that extra safety outside of the box makes it much easier to run the ball. And especially behind this offensive line and this passing attack, it's going to open up so much for him. I think even if he's not getting so much volume, his the touches that he does have are going to be very, very efficient. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's the top of the league in a bunch of different efficiency metrics. So I, I really like Pacheco for this spot. Okay, so I referenced it earlier, and, and a lot of my other ones I were more calculated, and I kind of thought about it. Um, I have – oh, ex- excuse me. No, wrong wrong thing. Uh, I was getting ahead of myself. Uh, most improved, Canarius Tony. Um, I Like I was kind of referencing earlier, um, Canarius Tony – doesn't need to have incredible production because obviously Travis Kelsey is going to be the focal point of that offense. But I think there's going to be more consistency in targets for Tony. I think that he's going to be the receiver that Patrick Mahomes uh, 
you know, is able to gel with, I think we're going to see some of that big play uh, run after catch ability from him. All right. My biggest surprise is I have the, I, I cheated a little bit on this one. I put the entire Chargers offensive line here for the biggest surprise because I truly think that this could be a group that, if healthy, obviously they weren't very lucky in that regard last year. But if lucky, I think that this could be an offensive line that we talk about in the same regard that we talk about the Eagles or the Browns or anything like that. I am really, really high on this group. And I think if all five can stay healthy for most of, if not all of the season, then this this is going to catch a lot of people off guard. Because I don't think there's a ton of people who are super enthusiastic about the Chargers offensive line. Okay, so this is where I, I was kind of jumping the gun when I was talking about most improved to biggest surprise. My biggest surprise, Adam Troutman. I can't really explain mm-hmm. it that much. I just really liked him coming out of Dayton. And granted, it's at the point where he's had three seasons in New Orleans, so it's kind of unfair to go that much off of college production. But I don't know. I think new spot, this obviously uh, Greg Dulcich, is had a great rookie year but he he obviously dealt with injuries we were talking about the receivers how they're kind of you know stagnant they're good but not ton of upside and I think you know we all every once now we see a tight end kind of break out and breakout is relative um but he's a big body um he has pretty good speed for a tight end um granted he's not necessarily a huge run after catch guy and he struggled you know, adjusting to the physicality, obviously, he came from Dayton. And and again, so like, for example, his whole career, he has 60 catches for 641 yards and four touchdowns. I don't think he's going to be like spectacular, but his career high in receptions is 27. I think he can get like closer to 40, and I think he can score a couple touchdowns. So surprises relative to that, I think there is no expectations for him. This is this is really weird to me because I'm I'm very low on Troutman from what I saw out of out of his Saints days. I uh I, I haven't fully like sat down and watched him, but I feel like I've seen enough Saints games and there were enough times where I'm just like, dude, what are you doing? Like just a bad drop or like a missed block or something like that. I that's a weird like player to have such different opinions on given his I just I really like, went I really went because a lot of the picks were kind of like easy to conjure up i was like i need to do something kind of weird and so i did Uh uh-huh yeah fair enough um my dis my biggest disappointment is russell wilson um obviously he disappointed last year but i think that there's enough people who just have that optimism that this season is going to be different under sean payton and with the new offense i have a little bit of skepticism with that because i think a lot of the issues that stemmed from the offense last year were at fault of russell wilson and I don't really see how Sean, Sean Payton is going to mask that. And I think that the offense will be better than it was last year because that's a really low bar um, and it should be more explosive. But I don't think that this is the playoff bound Broncos that a lot of people are expecting. Um, my biggest letdown, and I don't think you and I disagree on this player in general. I feel like I already kind of said that. Um, but it's Isaiah Pacheco. And again, not because I think he's a bad player. I think he's a very good player. And I think he will get, you know, some more touches than last year. But again, I don't think that he is going to be, in terms of counting stats, that incredible. Because this is such a pass-heavy offense, 
Um, they're going to get other running backs involved. Jarek McKinnon, probably not Clyde edwards Hilaire because he's bad and is always hurt. But the point is, um, he's not, you know, we're not going to see him necessarily true three down back. And with that being said, like, even if he were to be more like that, um, they're going to pass the ball. I just don't think the volume is going to be there for a huge breakout. I totally agree. I think he's going to be incredibly efficient and productive. So this is all relative. It's just, if you're looking for big breakout, him emerging as one of the best running backs in the league, I wouldn't quite be on that. If he was on a different team, I guess a different team with similar caliber offensive linemen, I could buy it. I just don't think that the way this offense is built is set up for him to go crazy. I think that's fair. I think you and I have very similar like analysis on Pacheco and what's in store for him this year. I think we're just taking like we're valuing different things. Like I'm valuing the efficiency more and I think you're valuing the volume more, which is fine. I just that's that's really interesting to me. Well, I think part of the way that I see it is from like if you're looking at the community at large, especially if you're looking at like fantasy football people, which fantasy football people are just like not indicative of the sport at all. I mm-hmm. think he's going to be good. I just think, um, I don't like, I, I wouldn't call it breakout. Like when I think of breakout season, I think more about volume. Um, and that's, okay. I think like, like with a lot of buzz around him, I think people are going to be, aren't going to realize that he's been successful because of his efficiency numbers. They're going to see counting stats and they're like, wow, that's not incredible. That's more so where I'm okay. Because I, li- I like Isaiah Pacheco. It's more so compared to, what a lot of people might be thinking. Yeah. That, okay. Fair enough. Um, that was the AFC West. Anything else I can add for you? Not that I can think of right now. Fair enough. Um, the plugs Jackson Powers on YouTube, simple, just his name. Uh, on Twitter and on TikTok, uh, JPow NFL. Um, then you come back to me, of course, the blog, the blog or the site backslash home. That's where all of my writing is going to be. Um, then you move to the Instagram at the.redshirt. You're going to get updates on uh, new posts, both blogs and podcasts, with some cool graphics. Um, God, I, I need to get rid of, sorry. I keep, when I go through these, I know exactly what I'm saying and I have this um in between and it's just really not satisfying. So I should work on that because i like i I know exactly what i'm saying (laughs) lastly the twitter at the red shirt blog there i do the same thing updating on new blogs podcasts sometimes interact with jpow nfl and that's that's just about all this is our last afc pod unless you're listening to this out of order which in that case it could be first second third or fourth but for jackson and i this will conclude the afc stay tuned For the NFC, thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Redshirt Podcast. We will see you next time.